This is Eric Bradlow, Professor of Marketing and Statistics. Our guest was Todd Stusi, NFL player, also a data scientist at Unigroup. We talked about interactions between players and how do you measure them and how do you optimize that. We talked about the matchups between players, like sometimes somebody's skill set just plays well against somebody else's skill set, despite the talent level of the players. And last but not least, we talked about the metrics that the eyeball can see that the analyst can't necessarily see. So please join us for this interview here on Wharton Moneyball. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Wharton Moneyball on Business Radio. Welcome. Welcome to Wharton Moneyball Sports Analytics here on Sirius XM. This is Cade Massey hosting with the whole crew, my longtime collaborators, fellow faculty at the Wharton School, Eric Bradlow, Shane Jensen, Adi Weiner. We are all here coming to you via Zoom, and we are delighted to welcome as a guest a repeat guest for us, Todd Stusi. Todd, as many of you know, longtime offensive lineman in the NFL, two-time pro bowler, played 14 years, played with the Vikings, Panthers, Bucks, and Rams. He is now a product analytics lead. He's in the data science world at Unigroup. We have had the good luck of spending time with Todd both here and at the Wharton Moneyball Academy on campus, and we're always glad for time with him. Todd, afternoon to you. Thanks for making time for us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Cade. Absolutely. What are you up to right now? Before we dive into that, we're going to talk about combine, but I'm curious. We're still a little bit in the wake of the season. We're we're moving on. We're trying to move on. We're trying to, you know, cultivate new romances in our life, but we're still a little bit in the wake of the season. How did you feel about the 2022 NFL season? Any lasting thoughts from that season? Uh, no, it's, uh, I think it's, there was uh, swings in a lot of different directions. I thought uh, the playoffs were uh, pretty spectacular, all things. Uh, I would have loved to, I know you're in Philly, uh, I would have loved to see the Eagles get one more chance to just to see what they could do with it, even with limited time. Uh, kind of right. ended with a little bit of a fizzle. Uh, right. But going into that last series, I think it was one of the better Super Bowls of recent memory. Todd, what is your thought, having spent some time with the Rams, and we just saw the Rams give the worst performance across a season for a defending champ in the history of the NFL, but they did get that championship. How do you, as a player, from a player's perspective, how do you feel about the chance they took and the cost they seem to have borne for, 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 for really maximizing the probability of that one Super Bowl? They ended up getting it, but it was a, it was a, it was a chance they took. Yeah, no, absolutely. From the player's perspective. I don't know. For me, like, I probably, I have the fondest memories of my time in Minnesota. One, because we had a lot of success while I was there, but also there's a lot of continuity, stability, and that comes from building from the draft. Um, And when um, betting it all on the, on the one season, basically sacrificing draft picks, future years, it kind of undercuts the long-term potential of the organization. And while mm-hmm. I think that, you know what, I never went to it. I mean, I went to one Super Bowl a lot. I was a victim of uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots, I think are his second Super Bowl title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all in all, it, to me, if I were to do it, I'd rather – be a part of something that was more sustainable, I guess is what I'm really getting at. 
Mm-hmm. All right, guys, That's let's fun. talk about the most active NFL issue at the moment, which is the combine. They have gathered in Indianapolis now. They're gonna it's it's a full week of meetings and tests and various things. It is the gathering in the NFL world because the entire organization is there. Um Todd, you you were there, you were there as a player, you were there um later, and um very curious what your thoughts are on it as first. How important is it? And and is it is it kind of silly? And um, should we keep on doing it? Should we keep on doing it? What what is what's your overall assessment of the whole combine? Yeah, I mean, in general, it's a uh, I think it's a worthwhile uh, endeavor for the players, for the coaches, the scouts. Uh, it's another data point. It's not uh, it's not the end all be all uh, of evaluation, but. Uh, as a data scientist, I'm, I, I'm always, even if it's um, data that's not entirely meaningful, it's still a feature. I, I, I throw all the features in the pod. I'd like to be able to look at them all. And I, I think one of the issues is people look at them very linearly. Uh, fast means good. Slow means bad. I think some of it, there's a lot of things that probably have thresholds uh, where, you know what, a bench probably doesn't matter to a wide receiver. And for a large extent, it's probably not an exclusionary feature for an offensive lineman below a certain threshold. Like I probably wouldn't draft someone in the first round if they were above 10 reps, but once they're like below, like, okay, now I'm worried. Is there something else going on? It it winds up uh, begging further analysis. So I think a lot of these things are helpful and lead to further analysis that, potentially could bring uh, more to the table. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask you, Todd, uh, I, we all love this idea that you just brought up of thresholds as opposed to things being just kind of linear forever. When you were in the NFL, did you ever hear coaches talk like that? Like, you know what, Todd, it's a threshold that mattered. You reached the <laughs> threshold. No, no, I'm being serious. Yeah, you're no. fast enough. We'd like you to work on this. Your your pass defense, your pass blocking rate is good enough. We want you to work on that. Do people in the actual field, the coaches and the general managers, did they get the concept of threshold models? No, I don't think they do. I, I think it's uh, uh, in in general. The I think coaches are more looking at you as a um, a finished product. They're not. There's very few players that are really being developed. There's just not the time in a season anymore for really being able to invest in it. Uh, you're, there might be weeks coaching, like critique, but it's really not like break them down, build them back up again. You're not working with like rock light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Todd, um, I've looked at combine data and it's not particularly correlated with performance. Um, but that, of course, is only one feature at a time. You really have to build a multivariate model that would add it in. Yeah. In your experience and memory, and I guess collectively all of us, are there examples? I know there are examples of people who were discovered at the, at the combine that basically flamed out. Are there uh, converse example people? Who, well, not exactly converse people who were discovered at the combine who actually turned out to be superstars or, or at least, you know, really, really great that didn't have much attention until they yeah. uh, aced the combine. Probably not, uh, just because there's the, you know what, you don't, you're not taking all covers, covers at the uh, combine. There's already a, a filter that's applied and you, there's a lot of guys that didn't go to the combine, but were wildly successful. And one guy's uh, 
I think of off the top of my head, Larry Allen, Hall of Famer, Cowboys. Um, he wound up actually, he didn't go to the Combine. He came to, I went to Cal. Uh, he came to the Cal um, uh, Pro Day because nobody wanted to drive up to Sonoma State to visit him there. Right, right. So he worked out, we worked out together at the Combine, I mean, at the uh, Pro Day at Cal. And uh, he, uh, so he wasn't at the Combine, but uh, obviously he's had a stellar career, Hall of Fame jacket, and uh, is uh, probably the best offensive lineman of my generation. It's neat to hear you. Let's let's hold on for a second and hear more about pro days in a bit because there is some talk about look, just do away with the combine and people can work out on pro days. Be curious to hear your thoughts on that, especially since you did both. But one one person that comes to mind, Audie, to your question, this is he wasn't quite discovered at the combine, but one of the recent examples of someone who popped at the combine and people really didn't know whether he had the skills and it's turned out well is is Metcalf, DK Metcalf. Um, who just was blowing people away with the speed and physique, but he hadn't done that much on the field in college. And then and there were people deeply skeptical of him as a receiver, and he's just been fantastic as an NFL receiver. Yeah, an absolute specimen. I mean, I think that his physical traits, I mean, I've never seen him in college, but I got to imagine that just, it would, you think it'd leap off the film, but uh, um, it's, there's, of course, someone like that with those kinds of physical traits. It's almost, I mean, he's almost like a tight end wide receiver hybrid of sorts. It's right. uh, really a, a, a manufactured mismatch, if you will. Right, right, right. Todd, speaking of these physiques and what makes a good player, you're, you were an offensive lineman. You just talked about doing your pro day with, with Larry Allen, one of the all-time in your generation. What and you were talking about guys who don't test well. Or you're talking about how how important is bench press? Let me think about Orlando Brown Jr. came out a few years ago, a great tackle out of Oklahoma. Ravens took him despite the fact that he didn't bench very well, and he's turned out to be fantastic NFL player. What yes. does make a great offensive lineman? How how what should they be looking at in your sense in your experience and assessment? What are the key qualities? Since it does seem hard to measure. Um. I think uh, movement, being able to, to uh, I mean, if I had to pick one trait, I would say feet. It's all about feet. feet. If, you're, if your feet, if if you're able to make sure that your feet are in the proper location, that you're able to move to a point in space and get set and then be able to adjust because there's all these intersection points that guy runs up field, you intersect then they deviate and you have to then reset your feet and continue to move. It's, it, it truly is a, uh, there's not a great measurement for it, but it's one of those traits that um, offensive line coaches will speak to. It's like, got, it's got great feet. Uh, mm-hmm. Corey Stringer, Lake Forest Stringer, my teammate by uh, Minnesota had amazing feet. The guy would be able to, um, uh, adjust and basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Be able to recover in a way that most guys just couldn't, and mm-hmm. that uh, he was never really out of balance. And mm-hmm. so that's probably the biggest thing. And then the second is uh, is having good hands, which um, just to basically protect your chest, be able to pass block in space, and be able to redirect that kind of thing. 
two other quick questions about offensive linemen because it's they they are the least appreciated, most important and least appreciated on the field. Um, what about intelligence, like football intelligence, and how, and may, maybe that's different on the edge than on the inside. I'm not sure. Like, how do you think about the ability to process, communicate, coordinate with each other? Where is the head in the OL assessment? Yeah, no, I think it's uh, important, uh, incredibly important, incredibly relevant. Uh, uh, probably centers the most uh, um, specific where intelligence is a factor. Um, the even though I never played center, I actually uh, my last uh, my last two years in in St. Louis, uh, uh, we had uh, um, our starting center. Adam, I'm bl- not Adam, uh, uh, blank on his name right now. He wound up, Andy McCollum, that's it. Sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. he wound up going down the first game of the year and, uh, uh, with an ACL, he was done for the year and they decided to have Rich Incognito move to center. And, uh, I moved into Richie's spot at left guard. And, uh, I remember my O-line coach, Paul Bedreau goes, but, uh, Richie, you don't know the F what you're doing. So uh, <laughs> you're not going to say anything, Todd, you're making all the calls. And <laughs> I was like, okay, this will be new. This will be fun. Um, and uh, it was, it was incredibly engaging. I, I enjoyed it immensely. The only yeah. time I really would say that I didn't like it was it was the first game we we're playing the 49ers uh, and we wind up, uh, Orlando uh, Pace uh, wind up uh, getting a concussion in the game. He's out, and I slide back out the tackle. Now the three uh, 49ers ran the three four hybrid defense, where they're basically popping between three four four three looks. Okay, and with the same personnel. And the main key that you're looking at, because all the rules are based off of the first kind of decision point: is there a head up nose? If okay. there's a head up, if true, then you follow these set of rules. If false, yep. you follow these set of rules. It's one thing to be able to look at a at a nose and be able to tell from the guard position, but now you're <laughs> out of the tackle position. I'm craning my head trying to see, and Ricky's like become deaf and mute. He won't tell me anything, and so it was uh, it was interesting to say the least. But uh, wow. that, so yeah, no, but uh, intelligence, being able to diagnose. Uh, determine what the defense is. Basically, uh, it's almost like a decision tree, and then be able to put them in the appropriate, put the protection in the appropriate uh, to minimize the risk and maximize the opportunity, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Todd, one last question um, on the OL that's that's that you just that just ra- raised with the story you told. Injuries. When we watch football, the guys that feel to some extent like they're most playing the lottery with their health are O-linemen. And I'm curious if it's like that when you're playing. And, and do you feel like you have much control over whether you get rolled up, whether you you're, you get you, you hurt your ankle or hurt your knee, or is it just purely lottery? Is there some sense yeah. of some guys doing something or handling themselves or conditioning themselves in a way that they're a little bit more protected? And if it is just lottery, how do you, how do you play and commit yourself when you're exposed to lottery like that? I think there's... Um... Some of it is things you can handle. I mean, proper rest, uh, eat well, uh, stretching is a, a big thing. Um, 
but I mean, some of it is pure genetics. I mean, I, I, I tell you, I've seen guys that have um, had what looked like nothing happened to them, a small, like a, a running back fall on the back of their legs and they're torn ACL and torn MCL. And then there's sometimes where I look at the film after, like, how did I walk away from that? But there's uh, actually later on in life, I wound up getting a um, an evaluation for like a post uh, uh, one of our player benefit things. And the doctor made the comment when they, were, they did my scan of my uh, knees and he's like, you have ACLs the size of like bridge cables is what he said. <laughs> And mm-hmm. so that probably had something to do with the fact they never had an ACL injury. I mean, uh, there's it's some easy. guys that are just built for the abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's super interesting. Todd, we're going to have to let you go soon, but can you give us a little advice on your way out? You, as a football, former football flight player, current football watcher, as a current data scientist, what do you think the, the analytics community needs to do to get better? How can we better serve teams, fans, uh, those who want to understand the game, I, obviously huge advances lately. Um, really interesting things going on. But what can we in your in your in your very unique position? What do you think yeah. we can do in the community to do better? I, I mean, this might sound really kind of uh, simplified. I mean, you see a lot of the quote unquote next gen stats talking about probabilities or being open and what's the uh, likelihood of this or that. And what's the uh, so the in-game analytics are really interesting. Uh, I'd love to see, and I, I don't have an insider's view, but uh, the data the, the data is probably at a point where you can start doing some cohort groupings, like understanding, like being able to measure players and understand, uh, okay, what which players are similar, this uh, dissimilar matchups based on those similarities dissimilarities mm-hmm. and maybe that's happening i i'm not aware of any of it i haven't heard any of that yet but mm-hmm. to me that's uh i think some there's some low-hanging fruit there that might not have been uh uh captured yet well listen dot thanks for spending some time with us always a pleasure to talk with you have fun watching uh whatever of the combine you might take in this week and good luck Absolutely. with the work that you're doing. We hope we, th- we talk with you more down the road. Absolutely. Love to, guys. Thank you. Todd Stusey, he's currently a product analytics lead in data science at Unigroup. Longtime offensive lineman, 14 years in the league, two-time pro bowler, and a repeat guest here on Wharton Moneyball. For this week, that has been Wharton Moneyball on SiriusXM for the whole team. Body Winer, Shane Jensen, Eric Bradlow. For the boss man, Matty Dads. For the associate boss man, Dion Simpkins. Many thanks. And thanks to you guys for listening. Come back and join us next time. Between now and then, enjoy your sports.